Thank you, Father. Man, it's already been fun. I don't know where anybody ever got the idea that church shouldn't be fun. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't understand that, but uh, it's what some folks think. I don't, not you guys, right? <laughs> hey, we've been in a series called New Creation Realities, and uh, I might finish it today. I might not. I don't know. I've been uh, just praying about some things, but... <clears throat> We intentionally picked certain songs today uh, because I've been talking for a long time that I've had this message that I, I needed to preach, and I've been threatening to preach it for five years now. Uh, <laughs> but um, we want to continue looking at our, <coughs> excuse me, new creation reality. I believe that and in a world that we're living in today, and especially for most of us, Everyone is looking for a sense of being. Who am I? What am I here for? What's going on in my life? What, what, what can I need? And, and, and there's a longing for not just a longing for our purpose, but in most of the world today, and especially the society we live in now, there is a, there is a longing uh, um, for, for uh, belonging, to, to be a part to be connected. We were never meant, Josiah, to live in a world that is, we're over here and they're over there and, and I don't want to go over here and ask for help because then I might look bad. I don't dare tell anybody I'm struggling with something, Sally. You know, come on. I don't dare tell somebody I'm struggling with something because who knows what they're going to think about me. Who knows what they're going to say about me? And, and I believe that we are either a people that is searching for our identity or we're, we're living and looking out a way to express our identity. And so as we've been going through some things, um, today I want to minister a, a sermon to you called Saint You. Saint You. We're going to talk about our identity today. Um, let me ask you something. What goes through your mind when you hear the word saint? They don't, sin. they don't sin. Perfect. Who goes through your mind? Most people, first off, raise your hand. Mother Teresa was the first one that went through your brain. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, if, if it's not Mother Teresa, maybe it was Saint Nick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or most of the time when we think of the word saint, we think of some other dead person. That, that they got thing. But that's the key. We need to start, that's exactly right. We need to start thinking of ourself. See, when I said think of a saint, you probably never put your mind, your brain in there. Hopefully, after five years now, you did. But you should. Go to Philippians chapter 4, verse 21. Philippians chapter 4, verse 21. <laughs> he says, greet every saint in Christ Jesus, the brothers who are with you or with me greet you. And the saints greet you, especially those who are of Caesar's household. And I know a lot of times what we think of when we say, greet every saint. Well, how many saints could there be? You've got to remember, this was back before the time where the church tried, got in this idea that we're, they're going to venerate certain people because of the works they did and because of the deeds they did. They wanted to venerate certain people, make them a saint. But Paul says, greet every saint. Yeah. Well, how many are there? Yeah. 
Well, that depends on how many believers. <laughs> People say, well, I never went on a mission field and, and I never performed a miracle. And most of us will say, hey, I'm not dead. <laughs> because we've got this idea that saint means dead because we've seen him on walls and we've seen him in pictures and we've carried him around our necks and, and all this stuff. And, uh, but that's because we've got the idea of sainthood wrong. A saint is not a holier-than-me person. They, yeah, get that. A saint is not a holier-than-me person. It's not somebody who has achieved something that I, have not, that I cannot achieve. The word saint is actually used 67 times in the New Testament. And it is the word hagios, H-A-G-I-O-S, which it might, it might come up there, I don't know. Oh, yeah, there it is. And that word hagios, when he's talking about greeting the saints, greeting the hagios, he says greeting the most holy thing. That's what God calls you. A most holy thing. Not something trying to become holy. You say, yeah, but I fell here and I fell here. He's not talking about your failures. He's talking about what he sees in you. He's talking about what he created you to be, not the stupid things that you decide to do. <laughs> He's talking about what he made you. He made you hagios. He said, greet the most holy things in the church. That's what God has made us to be. And so when we set ourselves up and we get up in the morning and we don't feel holy and we don't look holy and I went through my day and I sure didn't act holy, I know you never have those days. <laughs> Just me. But I sure didn't act holy. It doesn't change the fact that God declares you a saint. And he doesn't, because Ted gets out here, looks at the Word of God, the Word of God tells him what not to do, and what does Ted do? He lays his Bible down and goes and does the very thing that the Word told him not to do. Let me tell you what God doesn't do. He doesn't say, well, fine, you're not a holy thing anymore. He doesn't jerk your holiness out. He sets you up to be holy. And what he sets up, he determines and solidifies. He said that you are a saint, you are hagios, you are a most holy thing. But I didn't act holy, I didn't do holy. He didn't tell, ask you about what your actions were. See, we've tried to make this whole thing about walking with Christ all about my actions. And as long as I got my actions right, then I'm good with God. Don't do this, chick. Don't do this. Amen. I'm living it good today. Today I'm a holy thing. I went through. I ticked all the boxes, Dave. It's good to have you back. I ticked all the boxes. I did all the right things. So I'm a holy person today. Tomorrow I get up and I kick the cat and I cuss the dog. <laughs> well, I guess I'm not holy today. Your behaviors were wrong. But what he has already done in you, he has done in you. He still see, he may see you as a holy thing that needs to get your act together. Come on. 
But he still declares you a most holy thing. So what then is holy? Holy means this. It is a hallowed, consecrated. This is what God says. He says, greet the saints, greet the hagios, greet the most holy ones, greet the ones who are consecrated. You can't consecrate yourself. It took God to do it. He said, greet the ones who are hallowed consecrated greet the ones who are set apart to the service and the worship of God I am describing you this morning this is who you are but I don't feel like it doesn't matter I don't act like it then quit acting something that you're not because God has declared you holy and your actions are you trying to live outside of the reality that he has created you to be a most holy thing. Oh, that is going against God's word. Go to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10, out of the Amplified Classic Version, he says this. He says, and in accordance with this will of God. So whose will is it? In accordance to this will of God... We have been. What does that mean? English. Do I got a teacher in here? I got one that works in the school back there. I don't trust her. I'm not asking her. Um, if you know anything about English, those are past tense words. Come on. He says, now, in accordance to the will of God. So this is God's will. You have been, past tense, you're not working yourself into holiness. You're not working yourself into being right with God. The moment you said yes, listen, it's, it, it happened on the cross. He took care of everything. He settled it on the cross. When you said yes to that, the reality of that comes to you. And when that reality comes to you, we should start gaining an understanding that we have been made according to the will of God holy. I love how the Amplified goes on there. It says consecrated and sanctified. This is what God has done. According to the will of God. He has made you. We have been made. Consecrated and sanctified. Uh-oh. That word consecrated means to make perfect. Some of y'all think you're perfect anyhow. Keep on thinking. <laughs> That word consecrated means to make perfect, to fully cleanse from sin. Now, let's go back and read this. According to the will of God, we have been made holy, which means consecrated, which means sanctified. So according to the will of God, we have been made perfect and we have been made free from sin. Does that, mean, does that mean you cannot sin? No. Some of you are real good at it. 
I am. Jeff, give me half a chance, man. I can do it good. So I'm not saying that you can't sin anymore. I'm not saying that you don't sin. I'm saying God has made you free from that. It no longer has a hold on you. It's no longer a part of you. It's no longer a part of you unless you decide to take it and play with a dead thing. You wouldn't let your kid go out and grab a dead bird, a dead bird and play with it. That's the same thing. That's what we do with our old, our old nature. We go out and we play with a dead thing. Uh, he said to make perfect. Now, I love this. To make perfect, although not faultless. How can you be perfect and yet still have faults? faults? Because your faults are the things that you do in your flesh. But what God has seen in your spirit is still perfect. So maybe we need to grab hold of this thing we, we, we deal with, grab it by the ears and tell it, hey, straighten up. <laughs> he said, to make perfect, although not faultless, but bringing to a state of completion or fulfillment. That's what God has done. That word sanctified means someone or something that is inherently That is inherently sacred. You are a new creation, a new creature in Christ. This is the new creation reality that God has made you inherently. Ooh, sacred. Man, if, imagine what, how we would treat people if we even saw others this way. There you go. There you go. Imagine what would happen if we saw, it's hard to do, it really is. But if we saw Jody, <laughs> she was up here writing. She wasn't even paying attention. <laughs> but if we always looked at Jody as inherently sacred, that she is a sacred thing, she is a consecrated thing, she is a holy thing. And then we walk over here and we see Cheryl and all of a sudden our mindset because we know what God has done in us and now I look at you and I see you as inherently sacred. I see you as a most holy thing. And all of a sudden how we judge people becomes different because we view them through the eyes of God as inherently sacred, as a holy thing, as a consecrated thing, as something that God has set for his glory and placed in a place for his glory. And now for me to have any other thoughts about her than that is for me to look at her through a different set of eyes. The eyes of God. So it's something that is inherently sacred and has been designated as sacred by divine right or cultic ceremony. I love this last part of this definition. It designates that which is the opposite of common or profane. Understand the, 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 the depth of that, mess, that definition there. You are not a common thing. You are not a profane thing. You are by the will of God 
have been made holy. So when we say saint you, it's not some far off stretch of saying, well, no, this is how God sees us. Go back to Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10, 10 again. He says, and in accordance to the will of this will of God, we have been made holy, consecrated, and sanctified through the offering made once. I'll say that again real loud. Through the offering made once for all. So who did Jesus do this for? All. All we had to do, Brent, was say yes. I accept this reality. This becomes mine. Take the scales off my eyes. Let me see through your eyes, God. And as I see through his eyes, I see myself. Through his eyes. Who through the sacrifice once for all of the body of Jesus Christ, the anointed one. So why, did, why am I a saint? Why are you a saint? Through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ. I can't work myself into sainthood. Man, aren't you glad that you don't have to perform some big giant miracle for God to call you his saint? I don't have to feed a million people. I don't have to heal a bunch of diseases. I don't have to lead snakes out of a country. Some of you know what I'm talking about. But you did, didn't you? (laughs) But because of the sacrifice of Jesus, and only the sacrifice of Jesus, I have been made holy, but not just me. He did this one time for everyone. And now you and I have been set apart to be honored by God. You and I are now set apart to be treated as sacred by the angels and everything that's under God. That all of creation sees you as a sacred, holy thing. Wow. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1 verse 7 he says to all who are in Rome beloved of God called to be what saints grace to you and peace from our God and Father Jesus Christ he uses saints a lot we started out in in, in Corinthians he's talking about saints Uh, go to go to since we're in Corinthians go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 2 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2. I'm getting ready to show you some things that I hope causes us to look at people differently. I hope causes you to look at yourself differently. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2, he says, To the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Jesus Christ. So where does sanctification take place? It takes place in Christ. <laughs> Called to be saints with every, oh, sorry, with all who in every place call on the name Jesus Christ our Lord, both their Lord and ours. Now, in these, both the passages we just looked at, he's talking that sainthood is given by God. 
Satan is declared by God, not by man. All right? So we have to understand that we, you and I right now, are saints to God. Right now. So why in the world would we try to wait till we're dead? Why don't we just rise up and start living the saint life now? Just go be a saint. <laughs> I just can't do that. That's what Jesus said. That's what the Word, the Spirit has said to us. Yeah, but you don't know what I've done. Folks, our identity is found in Jesus. And in Jesus, he's made us saints and sanctified. In the eyes of God, we're set apart. We're connected. <laughs> we're the ones honored. He doesn't require any, he doesn't require you to give up anything. You said, but yeah, but I can't just keep living my life, right? But still, to him call you saint, he just required a yes. All the other stuff we can work out. That's why God puts men and women in your life to say, hey, you're a little off track here. Our problem is, is the church has tried to do this without ever developing a relationship with people. I'm convinced, Sally, that I can't correct anything in Larry's life unless I have a relationship with Larry. Other than that, it's just criticism. But when he and I are in a relationship and he knows I love him and he knows I trust him and we submit ourselves to each other, see, we get this idea that submission is just about finding a pastor and getting under him and doing it. No, submission is a two-way thing. Now, there is submission and authority, and we'll cover that maybe someday in the future. But when we submit ourselves to each other, it gives us the right to say, hey, man, this is messed up. But if I don't have that relationship with him, he just, and I don't know you. You don't know me that way. But when I have that relationship, but even though he has the things in his life that needs fixed, it doesn't change the way that God sees him. Sainthood and this relationship is not about our actions. When is the church? Folks, we have, the church has been great at fiction, fiction, fiction fixing people's actions. But how many of you know you can fix your actions and still never have a heart change? You can fix your actions. I just won't do it no more, Glenn. Okay, great. But what's your heart? What's your heart doing? I want to look at the not-so-perfect saints in the Bible. Hopefully to make you feel better about yourself. Not to excuse the sin in our life and the things that are completely contrary to the Word of God. See, when you preach stuff like this, people think, well, you're just letting everybody do anything they want to. Mm. I can't stop you from doing whatever you want to anyhow. <laughs> I have, I have my own stuff to deal and to work out. But see, when you preach this, 
People say, well, let's just run willy-nilly and just do anything and everything. The Word still gives us a good descriptor of how to live this life. But what this grace does, it doesn't give me a license to sin. Grace set me free from sin. And so this doesn't allow me just to go out here and play with anything I want to play with. What it does, it shows me to say, hey, this thing doesn't have to have a hold on my life. And if this is starting to cause me to forget who I am in Christ, forget what God has made me, I need to get rid of this thing so that my eyes are focused. Like, just like what Rachel said today, where my eyes are focused on the right thing, where everything else I don't care to lay down. Even habits and behaviors. So a not-so-perfect saint. Go back to 1 Corinthians verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 2 again. Let's read that one more time. To the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified. So first off, what is he saying about the church of Corinth? They're sanctified. Set apart. Made holy. Who were called to be What? So he's calling them sanctified, and he's calling them saints. You say, okay, so what does all this got to do with it? I don't think you realize how messed up the Corinthian church was. And yet he still calls them saints, and he still calls them sanctified. With all who are in every place, who call in the name of Jesus and our, uh, and our Lord, both their Lord and ours. Now, Go to uh, uh, same chapter, same book, First Corinthians chapter three. Look at verse three. I'm going to read this one out of the Passion Translation because I love how it puts it. For you are living your lives dominated by the mindset of the flesh. I think King James called them carnal. That word carnal means flesh ruled. That's just why I like how the Passion Translation says you're living your life dominated by what a false mindset <laughs> you're living your life dominated by a false mindset not the mindset of i'm a holy sacred sanctified set apart vessel for god i'm living my life under the mindset that i am just trying to get through life. i'm an old sinner saved by grace well make up your mind what are you you're either an old sinner or you're saved by grace. Can't be both. Well, why can't I be both? Because of uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Come on, we've looked at that. In him old things are passed away. He who is in Christ is a... Old things are... So I can't be old sinner and saved by grace at the same time. I'm trying to operate in a double mindset. James tells us that this type of mindset, a double-minded man is what? Unstable in all his ways. So you're unstable. You can't, you're not a stability, a stable person. Oh, glory to God, folks. It makes you seasick. He says, for you are living your lives dominated by the mindset of the flesh. Ask yourselves, is there jealousy among you? What is that? That's a wrong mindset. That's not the mindset of Christ. This is why you don't see yourself as holy. 
because we're still trying to fight jealousy. Uh, moving on. Do you compare yourself with others? Thank you for the word you gave today. You didn't know this scripture was coming out. Do you compare yourself with others? I want that testimony. I want that. That's an old mindset because somehow you think their testimony makes yours less. And you're not seeing yourself as holy. You're not seeing yourself as sanctified. You're not seeing yourself as consecrated. You're not seeing yourself as a saint. And so you're fighting in this double mindset area. He said, do you compare yourself with others? Just look down. Okay, just don't look down. Don't look around. Do you quarrel like children? Sometimes you just got to let stuff fall. Let it blow up. Let it get all messy. Do you quarrel like children and find yourself picking sides? Isn't that what it says next? And end up taking sides. Well, fine. I'm going to go over here and I'm going to talk to Dave and we're going to talk about Jeff. <laughs> Dave's going to tell me all the issues he has with Jeff. And I'm going to say, okay, 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 okay. I'm going to pick your side. <laughs> what have I done? I've went outside the mindset of I see everybody as holy. I see everybody as sanctified. I see him that way. And now he's not a sacred thing. He's a thing that hurt my friend. And when I take that side, I quit seeing Jeff for what Jeff really is. And I'm living under the mindset of a flesh. Whew. Just breathe, it's okay. He still called these people saints. He still called them sanctified. <laughs> so, if so, this proves that you're not living your lives. I mean, sorry, let's try, try it again. If so, this proves that you are living your lives centered where? On yourself if we're going to truly walk out this saint life it's going to live our life centered on the mind the will of Christ Whew, man he said you're living your life centered on yourselves dominated by the mindset of the flesh and behaving like unbelievers yet he still called them saints and he still called them sanctified. But how were their behaviors? This should free you up. Okay, great. I don't have to be perfect to be a saint, but I still need to work on me. I still need to get this junk out of my life because it's a mindset that is not the mindset of Christ. <laughs> but hey, this is some freedom. Well, it don't feel like freedom. It's because you're still struggling with that flesh. Because for some reason you think this is putting you down. This is putting you in your place. No, I'm showing you that God still calls people saints. He still called them sanctified. Oh, they get worse. Go to chapter 5. 
chapter 5, verse 1. He says, it is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you. And such immorality that is not even named among the Gentiles that a man has his father's wife. And he tells them, y'all should have dealt with this and put this guy out. But he still called him saint. And he still called him sanctified. So I can do all this stuff. No, the whole purpose of this was to fix this stuff. God desires you to be better than where you're at. But what it's going to take, Brent, is me looking at myself and say, is the things I'm doing causing me to be self-centered? Is it causing me to satisfy me? Or am I going to see myself holy enough to get this junk out of my life? Mm. <laughs> he had his father's wife. How about this one? Go to chapter 11. The great communion chapter. We love chapter 11. We talk about communion. Hey, I'm telling you, communion is set up. Take it any time. <laughs> he says, therefore, so what happened is back then they didn't have one main church to gather in. They had home churches. But they still came together. And when they came together, Paul is correcting how they acted when they came together as one big church. He said, he said, how is it then? I'm in verse 20 of 1 Corinthians 11. Therefore, when you come together into one place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. He said, for in eating, each one has his own supper ahead of the others. In other words, they were having the big giant meals or they were coming into the house together and trying to get in front of each other to make sure they got food before somebody else did. What were their, where was their mindset? Focused on satisfying this, that self. He said, look, you come together eating. Each one eats his own supper of others and one goes hungry. He said, and another becomes drunk. They weren't even saving the communion wine for each other. You'd get the ones who showed up to church early, eat all the food, drink all the wine, have to be carried out. <laughs> and he still called them saints. And he still called All of these things didn't change how he greeted them in the first chapter. But all of these things, and if you read the rest of this, he corrects the behaviors without destroying the mindset. What the church has been great at, Galen, is we've corrected the behaviors and never addressed the mindset. So we've got good little puppets who do all the right thing, but their hearts are so far off. They're, they're keeping pastor pleased. They ain't showing up for church drunk. <laughs> it, you see what I'm saying? Why? Because they were more centered on themselves. And the rest of this, even though he points out these crazy things that the not-so-perfect saints were doing, 
it's, a, it's an effort to fix their behavior, but he never tries to destroy who they are. They're a saint. He said, those who are called to be saints. And after all this craziness, he still addressed them as that. He said, well, pastor, why are you bringing this out? Because I want to sit here and hear me now. You're, I don't expect you to be perfect. And God doesn't expect you to be perfect. But when things are in our mindset that is trying to fix us and it's outside the mindset of Christ, we should expect to get those things out of us because we are holy, we are sacred, we are consecrated, we are the vessels chosen by God, the sanctified ones, and anything that causes me to see myself as anything else, I put away. Well, how do you mean anything? So you go out here and you sin a big sin. What usually happens afterwards? Hopefully for most of us, we feel guilty. And guilt brings what? Say it louder. Shame. What does shame cause you to focus on? Yourself. So now, where's my mindset? I'm on myself. It's not the mindset of holiness. It's not the mindset of sanctified. It's not the mindset of consecrated. It is something that is outside the mind of God about me. So rather than do the things that causes me to feel this stuff, it, it, isn't it better for me to put those things away so that I may be the exact vessel that God has called me to be? I've told you my story several times. When Holy Spirit called me, he didn't tell me what a dirty, rotten sinner I was. He didn't tell me, hey, you're the same guy that used to, uh, You're the same guy that went out one night and got his backside handed to him and then came in the house and looked for Satan and said, I've seen what he's got. Now let's see what you've got. I don't tell a whole lot of people that I said that either, except for the 90 of you <laughs> and whoever's watching online. But you know what he did? He said, you know what you need. That's all he said to me. That's it. And I'm, I, I don't care. I'll tell the story again because it's mine and I love it. And I said, yeah, I need to go to another room. And I went into the other room. And you know who was there waiting on me? Dennis. Holy Spirit. You know what he said to me? You dirty, rotten, filthy witch. You nope. He said, you know what you need. I said, yeah, I need to go to bed. And I ran upstairs, James. And when I got upstairs and went in my bedroom, you know who was there? And you know what he said to me? You know what you need. I said, yeah, I need to sleep in another room. <laughs> and I went to another bedroom. Guess who? <laughs> what was he doing? He was trying his best to get me to remove the veil the enemy had put over my eyes where I saw myself something other than what he has already done in me. <laughs> mm. 
And so that night, I believe the address was 664 Ivydale Drive, Westerville, Ohio. I walked into another bedroom, and he said, you know what you need. And I finally had to admit it. I needed him. I needed this off of me because it was causing me to live opposite of my creation, opposite of what my creator had created me to be. He created me to be a saint. He created you to be a saint. And everything else is keeping you focused on yourself. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. We're landing. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Not by works but by his own purpose. You know why you were saved? Because he purposed it. You know why you were forgiven? Because he purposed it. And it had nothing to do with your works. Who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not by works, but by his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus when? That's important. Before the world began, his intent and his purpose was for you to live out this saint life. Before you were ever created, before you ever did the stupid stuff you did, before I ever did the ignorant things I did, before I was ever a gleam in my parents' eyes, before they ever met, <laughs> he had already chosen me, set me apart, called me holy, and sent me into a body to live out a saint life. And somewhere along the way, I believed what the enemy said, and he blinded my eyes. And that night, in May, in Westerville, Ohio, the veil was removed and I could see myself through his eyes again. And folks, I don't know when it will happen for you, but I'm here to tell you, before you were ever created, he had designed for you to be Saint You. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. And again, if you go out here and say, well, he says we can live any way you want to, you need to go back and listen to this message again. Quit trying to look for it because it ain't there. <laughs> so then, brethren, consecrated and set apart for God, who share in the heavenly calling thoughtfully and attentively, you share in the holy calling. You are consecrated and set apart. Consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest whom we confessed as ours when we embraced the Christian faith. And that's all it took. That the veil was removed and I could see myself. Folks, today the veil should be removed from your eyes. Sin doesn't have a hold on you. 
You are not some lowly sinner saved by grace. You were a sinner. And you still can sin if you want to, but it's not because you're driven to anymore. It's a desire to play with a dead thing. Remember, we looked at it last week. He, 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 he crucified the sin nature, taking it on himself. It's us trying to resurrect a zombie. And it's rotten. And it stinks. And it's filthy. And it's polluting the vessel, the separated, sanctified, consecrated vessel that you are. And when I can see that, Rachel, it makes me want to say, ooh, I don't want this in my vessel. Oh, I'm free to do it. I'm free to go over here and play with this thing. And don't expect to go over and play with this thing and not get the stench of it on you. But you know what? When I see it, Deb, oh, my vessel's worth more than this. Your vessel's worth more than the things you've been putting in it. <clears throat> my vessel's worth more, Sally. Maybe we just need to see ourselves as the saint. And then we can look at somebody else and say, that's a beautiful saint of God too. And by doing that, we live out a saint life. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. Oh, my goodness, Lord. May we ever remind ourselves that we are called for more, chosen for more, in for more, done for more. Father, always remind us that who we are in you. And let us operate in this new creation reality that we are a saint of God. And by being such, and doing such, we can live out the saint life that you have called us to. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.